Likutei Sichais, Chelek Chavdalit, Volume 24, the first Sicha for Parsha Shoftim. This Sicha is about the mitzvah of appointing of a king, a Jewish king, what it's all about, and also a directive, a lesson that we can learn from this that applies specifically to our times, and that which is brought in the Mishnah and the Rebbe encouraged very strongly, namely, Asei Lechor Rav, that one should appoint a Rav for oneself. Uh, by the way, incidentally, the Sicha was said in the beginning of Shnas Hakel of Tovshin Yud Gimel, which is 1952. Just a few things to familiarize ourselves with before we get into the Sicha. Number one, Shmuel Anavi, the prophet Shmuel, is the one who appointed the first Jewish king ever, that is Shaul HaMelech, and later the first king of the dynasty of David HaMelech, that is, he appointed David HaMelech himself. Um, in reference to Shaul HaMelech, there's an expression that the Navi says in Shmuel, that describing what happened to Shaul after he was appointed king, that he started to prophesize, and then it says, quote, he was Meshich Mo'ilamailam, Literally, he was like a head above. He stood taller than everyone else, which not only means physically, but of course it means more so spiritually, that he became a different person, much higher and elevated than everyone else. There's a sefer that's going to be quoted in this uh, sicha, a sefer chassidus, a very famous one, and that is the chassidus book from the Tzemach Tzedek, the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, Derech Mitzvei Secha. Now, what is this uh, chassidus book about? Well, it covers many of the main mitzvahs in the Torah, many of the positive or negative commandments in the Torah. It goes through them, explaining them both on a nigla level, what we call the reveal part of the Torah, and then later it goes into the esoterics, it goes into the Kabbalah and the Hasidus of it. One more final thing. In the year of Hakel, when the king had to read for all the people, that was really the, the whole performance of Hakel was that everybody gathered together and the king, the Jewish king, read for everyone from the Torah. What did he read? Primarily, he read the Sukkim, the verses of Shema and of the second paragraph that we read in Shema of Ahoya Im Shemoya. So let's get into the Sikh. In our Parsha, chapter 17, verse 15, it says, it talks about the mitzvah of Minui Melech. It says, You should certainly place upon you a king. You have to appoint a king. But of course, it's known the famous question, when you look into Shmuel Aleph, you look into Shmuel Aleph Perik Ches, chapter 8, and you see what happens when the people came and asked for a king, Shmuel was very, very unhappy, very displeased with them. In fact, after he davened to Hashem, Hashem said to, that, to him, indeed, it's not you that they're rejecting, it's ki oisi mo'asu, they're rejecting me. However, still Hashem said to him, go ahead, appoint a king, and he directed him how to do it. So it would seem, what is the reason? It seems so odd that Shmuel became upset with them. Here they are, they want to fulfill a mitzvah. This is a mitzvah which they were commanded to fulfill when they enter Eretz Yisrael. And now as they're settling down, and they're finally at that point, then they want to do the mitzvah. You know, there were three mitzvahs that they were commanded to fulfill when they entered Yisrael and settle it. One, to appoint a king. Two, to eradicate the, the descendants of Amalek. And three, to build a base of Mikdash. So here they want to go through and set this all into motion. What's so wrong with this? Why is it so bad? 
And on the other hand, if it is so bad, and in fact Hashem tells us Shmuel that really it's a total rejection, not of him, but of, of Hashem, because he was the leader, so thought maybe it's something, it's not something personal, says Hashem, it's against me, then why did Hashem say to go ahead with it? So Echsidis, in Derech Mitzvah Secha, the Rebbe that Samachtelech explains that the objective of appointing a king is twofold. There are two reasons for appointing a king. One is a very basic reason, which is, you know, based on the words of the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, chapter 3, Mishnah 2, which says that if not for the fear of authority, if not for the fear of the kingship, then one would swallow the other alive. Meaning, simply speaking, that the king is the person that will rule the country, he will govern the country, you know, lead basically and keep law and order, that even though the people, they do know that you have to behave in a law, uh, in a manner, in, 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 a, in a law and order manner. However, too often, sometimes people, even though they have that knowledge, they have a base, they know what's right or wrong, they have a certain sense of morals and ethics. However, sometimes because of temptation, because of impulse, they're inclined to unfortunately slip in it, and therefore you need an authority. That's one reason to have a king. Another reason you have a king is when you have an ideal situation where, quote, Mayach Shalit al Halev, you know, it's mind over matter, the mind controls, not the heart, not the impulse. And then it's obvious that you don't need to appoint a king for this purpose. You don't need a king to control because everybody is controlled. They're self-controlling. They have morals and ethics. However, since the king is, quote, Mishich Umayla, he is ahead above the people, so to speak. And therefore, there are things that perhaps the people are not as knowledgeable we're talking about spiritual things, or even in governance of the country, there are things that the average person doesn't know, even though they do have a sense of law and order. And therefore, in certain things, the king is the one who does understand, and he does see the broader picture. Therefore, he's the one who sets down the rules, since he has a better understanding than they have. And they fulfill it, they follow it, because he said so, and they're subservient to him. This is the type of of appointment of a king that has to be by Yid. Because by Yid, the true master of a Yid, the true ruler of every single Jew is Hashem. The king of flesh and blood, meaning the actual king that we appoint in body, that is only to serve as, so to speak, as an intermediary between us and Hashem to reveal to us the true kingship of Hashem. You see, a Yid inherently is a maimin, is a believer, and understands that Hashem is the one who gives the energy to everything. Hashem is the one who gives highest to everything. And therefore, this brings a yid to be bottled to Hashem, to be, and therefore, in a, in a proper behavior, in a proper manner that is consistent with one's belief in Hashem, and therefore one has fear of Hashem. However, sometimes when there's a little lacking in the beetle, for whatever reason, then you need to have a king, an actual king of Basar Vadam, flesh and blood, that because of the fear of him, this will bring him the person who, for whatever reason, is lacking somewhat a little fear of Hashem, to bring him to fear Hashem properly. However, when the situation is, when the people are in the ideal state that they should be, that they do have proper faith 
and proper fear of Hashem, then the appointment of the king is to do what? To elevate them, to connect them to such higher levels that they on their own, for whatever reason, either don't know or not aware of, or cannot reach it on their own. And the king helps propel them to what he sees and what he understands, because he's afraid above them, and he helps bring them and connect them to Hashem in a much greater manner. That means, in short, the second mode is to elevate, the second reason for um, appointment of a king, which is the ideal that should happen, should take, should take place, is that the people are in a good place, but to bring them to an even better place, to elevate them even more, for this you need a king. Now we can a- a- answer the question. Shmuel, what he really yearned for, what really hoped for, was that the Yiddin should be in, a le- in this level, in this optimal level. And that when, she- when they would want a king, it should be to propel them high- even higher. It should bring them to-, to elevate them even more in Kedusha and holiness and in-, in-, in faith and in fear of Hashem. However, when they said, what was the words they used? That they want a melech lishafteinu kechol hagoyim. That they want a king to rule over them like all other nations. Meaning that they said, no, we're not there. We just want a king to, you know, to have law and order over here. We want a king like everybody else has a king, like a guy has a king. And that's when Hashem said to the, to him, Oisimasu, it's me that they're rejecting. What does that mean? You're not getting the picture, Shmuel. They're lacking in Yerushalayim. And therefore, even, they're lacking in Yerushalayim, and therefore they're demanding it on the lower level of why you would appoint a king. However, still, Hashem said to him, go ahead and appoint a king. Why? Because when a yid is lacking in Yerushalayim, for whatever reason it may be, you, it's impossible to just wait and push it off and delay it until the person comes to a good place and then you're going to um, appoint a king to bring him even higher. Because then you have the danger of the person slipping even more. And therefore you need to immediately, you have to act immediately and bring them to a place, to a, uh, a good place where they should have at least basic Kabbalah's oil, Malchus Shemayim. And hopefully in the course of time, then they're also going to reach a higher level. Says the Rebbe, from everything, we have to learn a lesson in Avodah Hashem and how to serve Hashem. Even though in our days, in our times, we don't have this mitzvah of appointing a king. However, the Chazal tell us in the Gemara that Man Malki who are the kings, so to speak, today, those are the rabbis, the spiritual leaders. And just like, again, the, 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 just like there's a mitzvah to appoint a king, one has a mitzvah, like the Mishnah says, Asei Lechorav, that one has to appoint a rabbi, a mentor for oneself. What is the lesson, says the Rebbe? There are those who think, you know, for the little things, for the basic observances or basic behavior, I don't need a rav, I don't need a guide, I don't need a mentor. That I can make my own decisions, I can help myself. And maybe for the lofty things, to reach high levels, that's why I need a Rav. Says the Mishnah, no. Asay l'chorav, the Mishnah speaking to everyone. Those on a high level, those on a low level. Those on a low level. Because there are people that think, oh, well, this Mishnah only applies to go to loftier levels. Perhaps, says the Rebbe, what happens in the meantime? The person, if really, if he would look at himself honestly and objectively, he would see that he's still in the very lowly state that he's been. And he hasn't moved, he hasn't budged from there. Certainly not higher, if anything, he's gone lower. But still, he thinks in his mind, to go to a Ra for these things, I'll wait 
until, you know, I'll get, so to speak, self-motivated and I'll be elevated to a higher level, then I'll go to a Rav for even loftier uh, and higher uh, achievements. Says the Hayrah, says the lesson that comes from this mitzvah, no. The appointment of the king has to be for everything. If you're on a higher level, of course, then you appoint a king to go even higher. But if you're not, then you have to appoint a king, and in this case, you have to appoint a Rav, regardless of what your state is. In fact, if you're in a lowly state, then it's an emergency that you have to act immediately and appoint a Rav. However, there are those who argue, says the Rebbe, that I can't find, I can't find the proper mentor, the proper Rav. Says the Rebbe, you have to know that that is, unfortunately, that's coming from one of the schemes of the Sahara, trying to convince the person to do something which is not in their best interest. Because it's impossible, says the Rebbe, that in reality, there, amongst all the Jews that exist in real time, that there shouldn't be one Yid, that one Jew that has a little more Yerushalayim than you, that has a little more awareness than you, and that can serve as your mentor and help you find. And if you're going to put in the effort, says the Rebbe, you will certainly, if you put in the effort, you will certainly find. And what's this rabbi going to teach you? Just like the king, as he would read on um, Hakel, he'll teach you the Shema, he'll teach you the Bahayim Shemaya. What is, he'll read it to you, so to speak, as a king. What does teaching the Shema mean? Well, that means he will give you a direction in Kabbalah's Oil Machu Shemayim and how to uh, literally translated, uh, accept the yoke of heaven, meaning how to have true fear and subservience of God. And then he will teach you the Hoyim Shemaya, which basically says that if you follow the mitzvahs, that's when you will, then you will be able to reap your harvest, meaning that a person should come to a realization through being mentored by a proper Rav that your success depends on your observance of the mitzvah. And after the Rav will finish teaching you all these basic things, then he's going to go over to the next phase and lift you up to higher levels. Says the Rebbe, all of this is especially prudent to our times, especially applies to nowadays when we are in the ikvis of the Mashiach, in the footsteps of Mashiach, the heels of Mashiach, that is. We are on the eve of the coming of Mashiach because Mashiach is both, as we know, a Rav and a Melech. A, a Rav, a mentor, a teacher, and a king. In what way is he a teacher? We know that the Melech HaMashiach will be a teacher who will teach Torah, Torah Chadasha, even to Moshe Rabbeinu and to the Avais. And on the other hand, of course, we know that he's going to be a king. He's called Melech HaMashiach, Malka Mishi.